on this very crisp fall morning. I like summer better, but I'm thankful for the beauty that God has bestowed on our beautiful town. I love seeing the uh, fall tree colors and um, Elizabeth, our daughter, this is her favorite time of year. She loves the cooler temperatures and throwing on a hoodie and all of those things. So welcome this morning, and let's open with prayer. Father, we are so thankful that you are in the midst of us this morning. Thank you for this time where we can gather freely to worship you. We pray, God, that you would bless our core family that is not here this morning for whatever reason that might be. We pray for those who are sick, that your healing touch would be upon them. We pray, God, that everything we say and do in this service will only be to bring glory and honor to your name. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our call to worship this morning is found in the book of Psalm, and it is chapter 1, and I'll be reading from the NIV, the New International Version. The word of the Lord says this, Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinner in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Amen. We're going to sing our first song of praise this morning, and it is called The Love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to God gave his son to win his erring child he reconciled and Could we with me? 
Amen. Next, we're going to collect our tithe and offering. Before we come up and do that, let us pray. God, thank you for the gifts that you give us. We know that all good gifts come from you. So as we give back a portion of what you have given to us, we pray that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, and that you would help these monies build your kingdom. In Christ's name, amen. Please remain standing for our doxology. Amen. You may be seated. Excuse me. Our scripture reading will be next. Our scripture today comes from Matthew 22, verses 34 through 45. Again, that's Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 45. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, who do you, th excuse me, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said to them, how is it then that David speaks by the Spirit? Calls him Lord. For he says, 
The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply, and from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Our next song of praise is going to be You Are God Alone. Please meditate on this song as it plays. I'm 
unstoppable. That's what you So we've been talking about the Pharisees and Jesus and uh, different parables. Um, this week we're talking about Jesus and the Pharisees again. Um, before we uh, get started, though, as you can see, it's the, the uh, master of questions. But um, before we get started, I have a little video that I'd like to show. Joseph? Life's biggest questions. Well, life's biggest questions. Well, We'll uh, go through it. So life's biggest questions that they had. Some of them, uh, they were, as you can see, they were asking different people. And they were, uh, some questions were the fact of uh, what are, and some were thinking, and someone said uh, racism. Some said poverty. One said, uh, will religion uh, really cure things. What is life's biggest question? All right, if you can't get it, that's fine. Life's biggest questions. Well, I got a good question. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is God? Why does white milk turn to yellow butter? Will I be successful? Is all of this worth it? Why doesn't racism die? Can religion make us better people? Uh, is love all that matters? Why are girls so weird? That was my favorite question there. That is the biggest question, isn't it? That last one. Why are girls weird? So after the video, you can see we're going to talk about a few big questions today. These will be questions that could shape the whole existence of how you believe. 
No, I am not going to talk about the last question on the video. Why are girls weird? Even though, as us guys, come on, Harold, we and Joseph, we, we ask that every day. But today, we, are, we see that the Pharisees whew, question Jesus. Once again, they are trying to trip him up and discredit Jesus and try to get Jesus to say something wrong. Well, Jesus is the master of questions. And he answers in a way that leaves the Pharisees speechless. Come on now. I knew I wasn't going to say it, but us guys, when we can leave women speechless, we've done a job. But not saying the Pharisees are women, but it, Jesus did this to the Pharisees. These are the, the ones that have been trying to trip him up and trying to get him to say something that would discredit him to stop his ministry from going forward. And in reverse, he ends with them being speechless, not knowing what to even say. So let's dive right in. The first question, the first point. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? So we see that there's, and there's, there's many groups, and when I was in training school, we, we learned about them. We learned about the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the chief priests, and all these, but, but the, the main thing to keep in focus is these are the ones that enforce the laws. They're the ones that, you know, they would punish those that did not do what the law and, and by the law, I, I am talking about the Old Testament, the law that God gave. That was their job to make sure that the people were following. That's, that's who Jesus is going up against right now. You would think if they were following the Old Testament, they wouldn't be going against Jesus. But they were think they had their own set of mind and they they were sort of one track focus and i don't know exactly how long they've been doing this but we can see for most of jesus's ministry these people were trying to discredit him um sort of like if you know someone's doing their ministry and they're going about and they just somebody doesn't like them, so they just keep following, you know. And we've seen this many times throughout the Bible. There was a time when some of the disciples had someone following, and they said, "Get behind me." Um, but here again, they ask this question: "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" So we know that they've attacked Jesus on his moral, his legal, his ethical, pretty much every part. And they failed 
and they failed, and they failed. Here we send, see them sending the smartest of them all. Because if, if you read, it says, uh, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. So it was this whole group, and they decided to send the one in the group that was the smartest. So it's like our whole class uh, that we graduated, and we send out the valedictorian. This person was the smartest in the whole class. Let's send them out. So this one goes and questions them. You know, Jesus will never... Jesus, you know, Jesus will never... Uh, okay, sorry. Lost my place. As I said, they sent the smartest, but yet he even was not able to tr uh, to trick Jesus. Jesus, back in the days, they, they drew distinctions among the scriptures. Um, as you said, as, as you can see even in the question, it says, which is the greatest? So if we were to look at the Ten Commandments that Moses brought down from the mountain and on the stone tablets, and we look at them, which one would you think is the greatest of the commandments. Anyone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what about no other guys before me? Um, I don't know, no killing. I think that's a pretty important one, right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Uh, now sh shall not commit uh, murder, adultery, stealing. Don't give false witness against thy neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's uh, wife and things. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much, I think, with all of us, we got them. Um, but yeah, these are all commandments and laws. Then there was also in Leviticus 19, another time that Moses was given the, the laws that uh, God gave and said, give these to the people. And, but you're right. Jesus gave them this answer. So as I said, they are trying to trick Jesus, but he is the master of questions. Sometimes, Jesus, I loved it because whenever Jesus was asked a question, he asked the question back to him. But this time, he said, Jesus gave them this answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law 
and prophets hang on these two commandments. So I have this picture here. I like this. I, I was when I was doing my research. It says, "Start the day with love. Spend the day with love. Fill the day with love. End the day with love." This is the way to God. Now also when I was studying, it's not so much all about love. Not that it isn't. You know, God wants us to love our neighbors. As, I, as the first song we sung, The Love of God, I love how that song describes the love of God is so immeasurable that you... You could take the whole oceans, if they were ink, and start writing, and you'd run out of ocean, because that's how great God's love is. And you'd run out of scroll if you were writing it on scroll, because there's not enough to describe God's love. So, it is about love, but... What Jesus is talking about here is that relationship with God. That if you don't do it completely, he doesn't say, let's get it here. He doesn't say, love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, and with your mind. He does say that. But there was a part of that scripture I left out. Listen again, and maybe you can catch what I'm missing out. It's not saying, love the Lord your God with your heart, with your soul, and with your mind. What am I missing? All, right. That, that little three-letter word is what Jesus wants to point out. That's what makes that commandment the greatest. Because if we don't do it with our all, our all, Harold's all, Kathleen's all, Captain Angie's all, Joseph, Elizabeth, whoever, if we don't do it with our all, then we're going to miss out on obeying the rest. Because that's why he says, these two great commandments, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we have to realize it is about love, but it's also about be, being completely sold in, completely diving in with everything. It's not, this was a swimming pool and I'm hanging on to the shore. I'm going to dip my toe in. I might even go halfway in. He wants us to go all the way in. 
Well, whatever. You know what I'm holding. All right, everyone's a critic. You get the point. He, he wants you to submerge all the way in. And that's the first and greatest commandment, he says. The second is like that. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now we know that there's, there's, this is repeated many times in the Bible, but we're looking here in Matthew. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now I know there are circumstances, some people, they don't care too much about themselves. But, but honestly, if we think about it, if we think about how we want to be treated, if we take a moment and we think about what, in our own mind, how we want to be uh, treated by others, how we want to be seen as others, how, you know, we deserve this, we deserve that. Sometimes, let's be honest, human beings like to go around and say, well, I just don't think it's fair. I think I should have had it this way. I should have had it that way. Especially teenagers. Oh my goodness. I, 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 I. So, so if you take it in perspective, no matter how you feel about yourself some days, you know how you want yourself to be treated. But it says here, the second commandment, greatest commandment, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And it doesn't just mean your neighbor. It doesn't mean, and, and here again, what the word love doesn't mean, oh, I have googly eyes for Captain Angie. She, I love her. Okay, I do, but this word love is God's love. Agape. A complete, unconditional love. So these are not just your friends. These might be the people you don't like. These might be co-workers, it might be, uh, it might be your neighbor that you physically live by, but you don't get along, um, or you do get along, but to love is to show unconditional merit, undeserving sometimes. Yeah, you got to pray for them. But to treat your neighbor like you want to be treated. So now, when you think about how you should be treated, how you should be viewed as, put the other person in that perspective. And that's what God is wanting us to do. That is God's. That's why Jesus says, these are the two greatest commandments. Now, you can't have the one without the other. Because if you truly love God, if you're going all in and you love God, you're going to do the second one. 
And then if you're doing these, then that's why it says the whole law and all the prophecies is fulfilled on these two because you're going to do it. And it's not, it's not going to be a checklist that you're saying, oh, i got to do this, this, and this, like some people did. They would, you know, back in the days, they would write them on a scroll, attach it to their forearm so that they could take it out during the day and they'd double check to make sure they're doing the law. Or they wrote them on their arms and stuff. No. You do it because you love God. Because he first loved us. And then you love others, your neighbor, because of the love you have and the relationship and how you've dove in. So yes, that, that saying up here, start the day with love, spend the day with love, fill the day with love, end the day with love, this is the way to God. It is. But remember, it's all. It's not partial. It's not when you want it to be. He wants all of us all the time. Here he is stating that the Lord our God has to be first. And we have to love him with everything our whole heart, our whole soul, and mind. There can't be room for anything else. Not that he doesn't want us to love others. But he does say, in the Bible it says, I am a jealous God. He wants us to love him first and foremost. Then second, love everyone else as yourself. If you do these, then you will obey the laws and the decrees and the scriptures. See, this is where the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests weren't getting it right. They knew the words on the page, but they weren't living it out. They had them written, so to say, on their foreheads. They pulled it out every day. They did the checklist, but they didn't do what it really said. It is not that all the laws and decrees that God has given his people are not important, but, but if we truly do the first one and the second one, then all the others will automatically be done. So think about it for a moment. As we were saying some of the others, are you going to steal, kill, or covet if you love God? If you love God with your whole heart and mind, you wouldn't even dream about doing the other thing. But what if those, what if you weren't following God? What if, what if something, you know, the devil is, is deceiving and you get your mind off? Maybe then you do. We have to be honest with ourselves. We can fool other people. I mean, if we really read about 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the chief priests, do you ever think that they didn't fool people by the way they lived? Yeah, they did. They wouldn't have been able to stay where they were and what they did if they weren't. That's right, you can't fool God. So like I said, Jesus is the master of questions. Our second uh, point here, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? So I like this one. I like this, this story here because Jesus has had enough. I mean, we're, we're only in, you know, the, the 22nd chapter of Matthew. Um, so we're probably way into his ministry. He's had enough. He was done playing the games with the Pharisees and them, trying to trick him. He wanted everyone to know who he was and where he came from. Jesus knew the Pharisees and those that were trying to trick him knew the scriptures. He knew the Pharisees knew the scriptures. I mean, you know, he grew up. Remember the time when he was in the temple when he was 12 years old and he was in my father's house with all these Pharisees, Sadducees, chief priests, the ones that are doing all this to him. He knows they know. He knew, I'm sure, what the Pharisees would say. So when he asked those questions, what do you think about the Messiah and whose son is he? He knew they would reply like this. The Pharisees answered as Jesus thought they would, the son of David. And Jesus knew Yes, this is the correct answer, but, but, it was too broad of an answer. It was too simple. He wanted 100%. He wanted everyone that was there to know who he was finally. So many times we read in the Bible when he was with his disciples, sometimes he said, not now, now's not the time, or things like that. It, it, it'll be in the future. But he doesn't say that here. He wanted them to say exactly who he was. He wanted no more questions of who he was. You remember when we first started these, uh, this uh, preaching about the Pharisees and Jesus? They asked him, where did you get your authority? And he asked them a question, and they didn't want to answer him. So he said, well, I'm not going to answer you. But now, the master of questions is going to answer and how does he answer? He answers by, by asking them a question and following up their question. So Jesus said to them, and this is in our scripture today, how is it then 
that David, speaking by the Spirit, calls him Lord. For he says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? So he catches the, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and all these people of the law up. He uses the Old Testament and he shows them. You know, some people they say they don't understand Scripture, but these are people that studied the Scriptures all their life. They knew word for word. And Jesus was pointing it out. And just to show you and to tell you, when studying, it comes from Psalm 110. Psalm 110 says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at the right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. That's Psalm 110, verse 1. Jesus is using the scriptures and telling them, this is who I am. He's not making it up. He's not just saying it. He is taking what they've studied all their life, bless you, and showing them you have the answer right here. You've had the answer all along who I am and where I'm from. Jesus admits he is from David's lineage. Because that's what the Bible says. It says he will become... It will be from David's lineage. But the scripture tells that the son is more than the Davonic sonship. It shows that he, Jesus, is the son of God. That he came from the right side, the right hand side of the father. Jesus, the master of questions, made them speechless. The scripture, or the text today says, no one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Any more questions. I think they finally got their answer. And I know... When we read on in Matthew, we know that that's probably the turning point when they decided we need to get rid of him. But that's for another day. The Master of Questions has a couple questions for you. 
as I said, these are personal questions. Do you love God with your whole heart, soul, and mind? And do you love your neighbor as yourself? And lastly, do you know whose son he is? Jesus is here today, and he wants that relationship that we have spoke about. Where you can truly, uh, where is, where are you can truly answer yes to these questions. When you can answer, sorry, when you can answer yes and truly answer yes to these questions, then everything else will fall into place. But as I said, these are personal questions, and I want you to search your own lives, your own hearts. I want you to look into your own life and answer. Do you love God with your whole heart, soul, and mind? And do you love your neighbor as yourself? And do you truly know whose son Jesus is? And I don't want you to think just because you do know and that you truly love and we will, the commandments, it'll all, if we, because it does say, if we do, we'll be, we'll be, you know, we will be right with God. We'll do everything that God has asked us if we do follow these two commandments. But it doesn't mean that life will be a piece of pie or sweet as candy. But it does mean that we'll live a righteous life, a life that is pleasing to God. And we will eventually make it to eternity in heaven with God. Joseph, can you flip to the last picture? So this is actually in our house, and I like this picture. Crown of thorns on his head, cross of wood on his back, you on his mind. And I like this because when we talk about loving our neighbor as ourselves, Jesus loves us. We were on his mind. And he hung on the cross willingly and died for each one of us. We're going to listen to a song here in a few minutes. It's called, I Can Only Imagine. It talks about heaven. A place where all our questions will be answered. All of life's biggest questions will not even matter anymore. Yes, it will not matter why are girls so weird. Even though that's one of the biggest questions. But it won't matter. So, I want you to take time, as I said, to look at your own life. Is God number one in your life? If you can't answer yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt, then don't leave here without fixing that. Remember, you can't do anything 
if that's not right. You can't be hanging on to the edge of the pool and be all in. You're still not all in if you're hanging on to the edge of the pool. You have to let go and go all the way in. And even Christians sometimes need to rededicate their lives. Sometimes they need to look at their own lives and say, you know, if I'm honest with myself and I try and I look, maybe maybe you are saying, you know, I am I am with right with God, but are you keeping the second commandment that Jesus talked about? Because if you love God wholeheartedly, you're going to follow the second and all the other laws. Please take this time and look at your own lives and, and just make sure you're right with I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, I can only imagine, when that day comes, and I find myself, Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Forever worship you I can only imagine, yeah To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine, yeah, I can only imagine. 
So for prayer time, we're going to do it a little different. Um, I know that we've had our opening prayer, but I want to gather together, and I, I know we're supposed to say six feet away, so we won't uh, we won't touch hands. But um, what I want is the the ladies to get together, and I know that we have things weighing on our minds. And I just want you to just take a few moments and share with each other what is weighing on your heart. And for the women with women and the guys with guys, and we won't hold 